0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Today we are going to look at this theme of hope. And um, this this is... Hope is an interesting one because so often I feel like circumstances happen in life, things happen in life that can seriously zap our hope and seriously like suck our hope from us and drain our hope from us. And so this morning what we're going to do is I've invited my friend uh, Rachel to join us. She's going to join us a little bit later, and she's going to kind of share some bits and pieces of her story and how um, she has found hope through Jesus in all of that. Yes, that's going to be a must today. Yes, thank you so much, appreciate it. Uh, D. Willie, everybody. <laughs> You're wondering why I call him D. Willie. His name is David William Nelson, and and you have to just, you have to realize that David William Nelson, last name Nelson, middle name can be shortened to Willie, that's Willie Nelson, that's awesome. So he's D. Willie Nelson. Um, sorry, he hates that, and I just shared it with everyone, so perfect. Um, <laughs> Uh, so today, yes, today we're talking about hope, and so um, as we approach Christmas, last week our, our challenge, our exhortation was to focus on peace, focus on shalom. We hit shalom really hard last week, which is the Hebrew word for peace in the Old Testament, and we talked about how shalom means completeness, it means wholeness, and so when Jesus shows up, he showed up to bring us completeness, to bring us wholeness, and so as we said last week in the in the scatterbrain-ness of the holiday season, let's start off by focusing on Peace And so this week um, our focus is on hope. And so I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right into it together. So let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for the awesome time of worship that we got to share together through singing uh, songs of praise and adoration to you. We got to worship through giving. We got to hang out and spend time together, fellowshipping. And God, as we look at your word and we hear the stories of what you're doing in people's lives, God, I pray that you would make it come alive to us. I pray that this would be just so relevant to our lives. I pray that when we leave this place, we will put your word into practice day in and day out. God, I pray that you would just open us up. I pray that you'd open our hearts, you'd soften our hearts, you'd open our minds and make us receptive to what you have today, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Awesome. So, throughout history, and you can see this in the Bible, this progression, God has interacted with humanity in many different ways. He's interacted with humanity in many different ways throughout history. And so God, uh, according to scriptures, God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And that's kind of how they got down. That's how they had relationship. That's how they communicated. That's how they, they did their thing. That's how God interacted with humanity. And then we see in scriptures that God spoke to Noah and Abraham, who come a little bit after uh, Adam and Eve through visions and dreams and sometimes an audible voice. And this is kind of predominantly how God interacted with humanity. And then God spoke to the people of Israel If you trek through scripture, you see that God interacted with the people of Israel through prophets and judges. And God would speak through these individuals, and then the individuals would speak to the people on behalf of God. And then Jesus shows up. And then Jesus is God in flesh. And so God speaks to humanity through Jesus. And then Jesus dies and resurrects and ascends back to heaven. And then we are given the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit predominantly in the era that we find ourselves currently. So imagine this. Imagine that the Holy Spirit exits the equation, right? That's the way that we've been able to interact with God. That's the way that we've been able to have a relationship with God. That's our understanding of communication with God. And imagine if the Holy Spirit exits the, communica- uh, exits the situation, exits the equation. Imagine that there is, that God went silent, Think about that for a second. Imagine that God went silent. There's no more interaction with the Holy Spirit. There's no more interaction with God. There's no more communicate. We don't feel the presence of God, and when we pray to God, we get nothing, and when we seek God, we find nothing, and it's just quiet on the line, right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is in our life, right? Many of you guys have heard this many, many times. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says when we are in relationship with the Holy Spirit, we will experience those things in our hearts and in our lives. So imagine if the Holy Spirit dips out, right? And there's no more of this supernatural love inside of us. There's no more joy. There's no more peace. There's no more patience. Some of us wouldn't even miss that. We, wouldn't even, we don't even know what that's like in the first place, right, if we're being honest. But there's no more patience. There's no more kindness, there's no more goodness. There's no more faithfulness. There's no more gentleness. There's no more self-control. Imagine that for a second. Imagine how horrible that would be, how lonely we would feel, how ostracized it would be, uh, how, how it, there would be such a huge void left in us, and we would be longing for it to return, right? So oftentimes we take it for granted that it's here, but if it went away, I feel like we would be kind of freaking out a little bit, going, uh, what's going on here? What's What's, what's, what's the plan here? How, how is this going to happen? And so that is what happened in that one blank page in your Bible that you have that's like Old Testament, and then there's a blank page, and then there's the New Testament. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like it ends with Malachi, and then there's a blank page, and then it says starts it again with Matthew. That blank page represents 400 years of silence from God, 400 years. It's called the intertestamental period. Where people did not hear from God at this time. And so there's this, like, break in the action. Can you imagine the distance they felt? Can you imagine because they have heard their their entire lives leading up to this and generations leading up a messiah is coming a savior is coming a king is coming this is going to happen and it's going to change the game it's going to change everything he's going to come with shalom and he's going to bring restore he's going to restore all things he's going to bring uh, reconciliation it's going to be this beautiful magical moment it's going to be incredible and they're like yeah 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 this is awesome this is awesome nothing for 400 years, guys, that's like generations. Four generations, nothing happens. Nothing. So can you imagine, can you imagine the excitement when the shepherds heard the news that the Messiah was here? Because you got to think, they've been looking forward to this. They've been waiting for this healing, this reconciliation, this shalom. They've been waiting, they've been anticipating, they've been looking, like actively looking not just like, oh, yeah, cool, it'll, it'll happen when it happens. No, they are like super intensely involved in this, seeking it out. And then the heavens begin to proclaim that the Messiah is here. So you can imagine the excitement and how contagious that would be when the shepherds come in and they're like, yo, it's going down, right? And like, they loud that foghorns, And it was like a, a rave busted out right there in Bethlehem. It was awesome. Um, but you can imagine the excitement, the anticipation had to be overwhelming, right? To know that, oh my gosh, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been waiting on. This is what our parents and our grandparents were talking about. It's, it's finally here. And the expectations were abounding. I mean, everybody was like, man, it's here. It's finally here. And so we, we read about it. In the book of Luke, chapter 2, and if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's not going to be on the screen because it's a long passage, but you can look it up on your app, on your phone, or later, whatever. But in Luke, chapter 2, verse 8, I was in a... <laughs> I'm sure this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Um, I was, I'm in my master's uh, program right now, and someone had a presentation yesterday in class, and uh, they were going to read the scripture, and out of ha- habit from their church... They were like, all right, we're going to be in the book of whatever. And they said it and said, and when you have it, say amen. Everybody in the class kind of looked at each other and were like, uh, we're in class. I don't even know if we have a Bible right now. And she's like, uh, okay, I'll take that amen. And just kind of kept going and it was really awkward. And I thought about doing that with you, but then I was like, no, most of you probably don't have a Bible either. So like I said, it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, back to the action. Thank you for that commercial. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace, and on earth, peace to men in whom his favor rests. In verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So that's the Christmas story. That's the Christmas story. That's kind of what went down. It's not family It's not presents, it's not Santa Claus, it's not good food, it's not Michael Buble. I mean, all all of these things are really awesome and make a lot of cool traditions and a lot of fun and make make Christmas time very memorable and one of my favorite times of, of the entire year. But Christmas is the coming Savior. Christmas is the birth of the Messiah. Christmas is God opening lines of communication and relationship once again with humanity. After this huge pause, after this huge era of nothing, it's God saying, hey guys, let's do this. And there's two sides of the coin to this, right? There's the reflection of the nativity where we look back at Christmas and we say, oh, that was so wonderful in Bethlehem and Jesus showed up. And when he showed up, there was so much hope of the people and he came and fulfilled all of that. But then also there's this anticipation and expectation for Christ's return. Because Jesus, he was talking in John chapter 14 and he says this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me in my father's house are many rooms if it were not so i would have told you i am going there to prepare a place for you and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where i am so the hope that we have in this advent season the hope that we focus on over this next week and that we that we focus on as we lead up to christmas yes it's a reflection it's a reflection of, of sweet baby Jesus, right? Sweet baby Jesus in Bethlehem 2,000 plus years ago who lived, died, rose again, brought salvation, brought relationship, reopened the lines of communication with humanity and God and done all of this. We have hope because of what happened on Christmas through Jesus. But then we also have this anticipation, This anticipation for the return of our king, coming back, reconciliation of humanity, shalom on a whole new level, where he's going to take the broken and splintered world and put it back together and bring reconciliation, bring wholeness, bring completeness to this stuff, bring this final salvation, this glorification that takes place. We have hope because of what will happen through Jesus. We have hope because of what's already happened, but we also have hope for what will happen. God's past faithfulness is what motivates our hope for the future. God's past faithfulness is what motivates our hope for the future. And that's something I think sometimes we got to shift our perspective on. Because we get so caught up in the hopelessness of right now that we forget where we've been and what he's done. God's past faithfulness is what motivates hope for our future. The past faithfulness through the prophecies and the the Old Testament happenings and all the stuff we talked about, right, that we read in scriptures. God's faithfulness there. God's faithfulness in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus to bring salvation to us all throughout church history where we've seen God show up and do mighty and miraculous things. And even if we forget all that, your story, And the the story that God is telling in your life and where you have seen God faithful time and time again. And then we get in the midst of the junk and sometimes we forget where we just were and how God was there too. And we need to remember that in the junk that we're in now, God is there too. Just like he was and just like he will be. And so that's where our hope sort of comes from in this Advent season. And so what I've done is I've invited my friend Rachel to join me on stage and share just a little bit of her story. She's got a crazy story. We don't have time this morning to cover all of it, but if you have time, listen, she's incredible. She's awesome. She's one of the most generous people I know in my entire life. And to hear the story of where she came from and then to see who she is now, you're like, dang! It's incredible, okay? So check out this lead-in video. It's going to kind of give you a a brief kind of intro on her, and then she's going to join me up here.
1: Hi, my name is Rachel. I've been a Christ follower for 20 years, and I've been at Central for five. Okay, done. then we opened the child care. We didn't have much. <laughs> I'm running the numbers, I'm like, oh my gosh, if we don't get two more kids by the end of the month, we're not gonna make it. I don't know, a couple hours later, I got a phone call and somebody registered. So God not only gave us what we needed, but surpassed it, as he always does. it hasn't always been easy, but when I see Jesus, I see hope. Do you see what I see?
0: So Rachel is, I've known Rachel for five plus years, six years, something like that. Um, Rachel actually owns and operates the daycare that uh, meets here at Central called Joyful Jungle. And uh, you came on board like, I think like 18 months after I even got here. You know, I was like a little kid and I know what the heck's going on. You're like, I want to do a daycare. I'm like, yes, do a daycare. Um. And so Rachel's been through the journey with us. I've seen a lot of your journey. You've seen a lot of our journey and stuff like that. But let's, let's go back even further. Let's talk a little bit about uh, life, like, straight out of high school for you. T- tell me kind of your situation, where you were at, how all that kind of went down. Where were you after high school?
1: So when I graduated high school, I had a two-week-old in my hands. So and then... Um, I was young. I was 17 when I graduated. And then when I turned 18, I found out I was pregnant again. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't learn the first time. Right. And I was just really a mess. Yeah. My uh, childhood was just hard. And then um, having two little kids around.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) yeah. At 17, 18, that's that's brutal. Yeah.
1: I was trying to figure out who I was at that point. I Mm -hmm. didn't have any idea how to raise children. Right. And so um, I moved in. The kid's dad took off, and I met another guy, not Ben. <laughs> 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 and uh, within a couple months, the relationship got really abusive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of course, instead of saying, see you later, buddy, I moved him in. Yeah. 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 That's what you do. You look back and you go, <laughs> um, then we decided that we needed to move mm-hmm. further away from everybody I knew, so right. I pretty much isolated myself with this guy, and um, things got really, really bad at that point, and one night after a really um, violent evening, mm-hmm. he's crying to me, saying... You know, it wasn't me. It was alcohol and all that. So I said something has to change. And I remembered being in Sunday school, going on the church bus that would come through the neighborhood yeah. as a kid. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And so I got on the bus. Or so I said, let's let's do this. Let's go to ch- let's go to church. Yeah. So we went. It was around Easter, mm-hmm. and we went to a passion play. Okay. And uh, I was just in awe, and so I started slowly going to church more yeah. and more, yeah. and trying to figure out who God was. Yeah. And
0: okay, okay. So and so you started going to church. What happened with the guy? What happened with that relationship and all of that?
1: So we moved again, another hour away from family. We moved to Flint. Um, here I am. He doesn't work, of course, <laughs> and uh, again what was I thinking? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I take the kids to work with me. I drop them off at daycare. I had this little old lady who should not have been taking care of children, watching my (laughs) (laughs) kids after school. Now that you know what
0: it requires and all the rules, (laughs) you're like, oh, that was a little dicey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> By this point, we'd been together three years. They mm-hmm. were five and six at this point. Okay. And um, and I pick them up at I don't know nine ten o'clock at night. I bring them home, and because we lived in a dicey neighborhood, I wasn't leaving them outside. Yeah. And I scoop them both up. I walk in the house. He's sitting on my couch, drinking a forty from the money he stole out of my purse.
0: Which is beer for those of you who are too holy to understand (laughs) that reference. (laughs) Just wanna clarify, a 40 is a 40 ounce uh, (laughs) alcohol. I know we have some super saved around here, so I just wanted to get us all on the same page. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I take the kids upstairs, I put them to bed and I come back downstairs and I looked them right in the eye and I said, get out of my house! And I went back upstairs, <laughs> locked the door so he couldn't come in my room. Yeah. And when I woke up in the morning, he was gone.
0: Choof. And he was just like, yeah. dang. That must have been a really powerful get out of my house. <laughs> like like legions of angels must have come up behind you or something. He was like, deal. Right. <laughs> gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So, okay, so that happens. Um, what happens next? What, like, how do you keep going at that point? Like, because I'm assuming you had nothing yeah, at that stage in the game, right? No.
1: So um, about that time, I we had when we moved to Flint, there was a sister church to the church that we were at in Lansing.
0: That you first started going to, mm-hmm. saw the Passion Play, and all that. Okay.
1: Yeah, which is funny. It's called Mount Hope. Okay. How funny is yeah, that? Yeah, perfect. So uh, we started going to that church, yeah. and you know, this is all happening at the same time. Um, sometimes he would come with us, but most of the time it was just me and the kids and I was changing inside things were happening in me mm-hmm. like uh, I can remember we were um, we were at a service and they were saying I can only imagine and I felt which that's mind. actually
0: Rich's favorite oh Rich is in middle school that's his favorite song actually yeah yeah so <laughs> quiz him on it afterwards that's but go awesome.
1: ahead awesome I've seen Mercy be in concert like yes. a million times so now. is Rich yeah so yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> go ahead <laughs> right, go ahead <laughs>
1: <laughs> go anyway he doesn't like it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so um, I heard that song and I wanted to hear it more, so I yeah. found the CD, started listening to the yeah, CD. And for
0: kids out there, um, oh, yeah. a CD is this round thing <laughs> that you slide into a CD player, yeah. and you had you to actually a go to a store home. like Harmony House to buy one. <laughs> um, there were these CD stores that existed back then. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> You're using all this street lingo that I don't oh, know if everybody's on the same page here.
1: I feel so old. Thank <laughs> I know, me reasons. too.
0: I know what Harmony House is. That means I'm old. <laughs> go, go, go ahead. <laughs> I just referenced Harmony House like it was normal.
1: <laughs> so I started playing this CD, and this verse just, or this song just kept coming up over and over again. And it said, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Mm-hmm. And I just kept hearing it, and I would sing it and sing it. And then um, I had a friend die that I worked with, and he was a believer, and I was still new in this, and he's the one I would go to and ask all the questions and get information from. And It was super shocking. It wasn't expected. But So I went to his funeral, and at that point I'm probably, what, 20, 21, somewhere in there. So I hadn't really seen a whole lot. I had a grandparent go when I was, like, 13 it and so i'm expecting like this really sad um day so we go in and everybody's cheering and (laughs) there's like all this fun music playing and it was worshiping like it was more of a celebration than like
0: a right yeah
1: yeah so that was different. Well, I walk out in the lobby, and there's a plaque out there, and it said, May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you, be gracious, yeah. and give you peace. Yeah. And it, like, hit me that that was a Bible verse. Yeah. I had no idea. Right. And uh I feel like it just kept coming up yeah. over and over again. And yeah. like over And it still. was kind of
0: like chasing you down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So what was your, like, turning point of where you were like, okay, I can do this. Like there's, there's hope to this situation. Like I'm, you got all this like downward spiral stuff happening in your life. Now, what was sort of the turning point for you? You know what I'm saying? Like, was there like a hinge, hinge moment where you were like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Was it at the funeral when you saw the Bible verse? Was it,
1: how well, did that all? in the middle of, um, all that guy leaving and all that. Yeah. I quit my job. Okay.
0: Yeah, which is <laughs> that's cool. That's always the best idea. Right, yeah. With kids, that was real. <laughs> yeah. Two kids, <laughs> no job, perfect. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, but I had peace with that. Mm-hmm. I felt like God was going to provide for me, and He did. Mm-hmm. So the guy was just talking about he was at the new job. Mm-hmm. The new job paid better than anything I'd ever been in. Yeah. I could actually pay all my bills and had yeah. money left over at the end of the month. Yeah. And I was tithing. And when I started tithing, other things were happening. I would yeah. have enough money to just, like, everything started stretching. Right. And um, <laughs> at one point, a check came in the mail I wasn't expecting. I'm like like yes. it was just, yeah, yeah, It was yeah, just yeah. all God providing over and mm-hmm. over again. And so I just didn't want my kids to live the way that yeah. I had been living. Yeah. So um, it was more, let's do something to help. Let's be
0: proactive about this. Let's let's do something different. And so, because of your vacation Bible school stuff as a kid, get on the church bus. You thought church is the answer. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the answer. That's what I'm gonna do. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And so then, how did it turn around? Like, how did you get this super stud sitting in the <laughs> second row over <laughs> here? You know, I mean.
1: <laughs> Yahoo singles.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right on. Now Yahoo. For those of you who don't know. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had Yahoo Chat. Yeah, right, right. The High Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, right on. Now, okay, so that all worked out. You got in church. Yeah. Um, you know, you got um, your kids plugged into church. You met, you know, the super stud over here. Right. Things are going well. So then you decide, I'm going to start a business. This is fast forward many years. Yeah. You know, um, your kids are in high school by this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell me a little bit about how, how, you sort of saw God's hope in all of that and how God kind of provided and took care of you all along the way. Even though it's a different circumstance, the same result, same relationship with God, same kind of thing. How did that go down?
1: So God gave me a vision way back in the beginning. I'm telling you, when I was 18, I can still remember where I was. I got a vision of a child care that was homey. That felt like it was part of a family, yeah. that you could be included. There were couches. It felt Felt. Yeah. like love. Yeah. So uh, I kind of always knew, but at that point in my life, I couldn't even pay for gas. So how right. was I going to pay for right. anything? You're trying to take
0: care of Rachel, not other people's kids at right. this point. Yeah. Or my own. Yeah, right.
1: So um, so when I, I had, when I started going to school and figuring things out, I knew I'd always say, I was I'm gonna own my own because yeah. nobody does it. Like I want it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when um, this opportunity came up, I walked in and I'm like, This is it. This yeah. is it. Yeah. So in those early days though it was real hard. Oh, it yeah. was it um, I read somewhere one time that when you're broke, it breaks you. So yeah. even when you're not broke anymore, you still like there's a level. Yeah. That you get under that and you're like panicky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do that today. Yeah. So yeah. but at that point we were really struggling because mm-hmm. owning a business Dude, is expensive. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, launching <laughs> hard. something like that yeah. is really, really difficult. So um, when we first opened it was probably about three four months in and I'm sitting down with my assistant and I'm like Man, if we don't get two more kids by the end of the week, we're in trouble. Right. And um, so that Friday, we took the kids into the neighborhood for a walk, and we came back. And there were two people standing at the door ready to enroll. Yeah. And so that was a Tuesday that had happened, and this was Friday. Yeah. And then later on that afternoon, I got another phone call saying hey, we went on a roll. We came yeah, and yeah, toured. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not only did God provide what we needed, but then he went one past. Yeah. And always, every time we would get to a point where we were worried that we just weren't going to make it, Yeah. God would just provide over and over. Yeah. And I would just say, not my plan, yours. Yours, God, it's you. Yeah. And uh, he always provided. Yeah. And he always has for me.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. So in the lead-in to this video, um, it said, when I see Jesus, I see hope. Do you see what I see? Explain to me just briefly, when you see Jesus, you see hope. What does that mean?
1: So when I see hope, I see God providing. It doesn't matter what my circumstances or what's happening around me. I know that he's going to be there and he's going to provide what I need. He's got you. Okay. Okay.
0: That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So will you guys join me in thanking Rachel for sharing her story with us this morning? So cool. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, And so the reason reason I wanted to share sort of what she's got going on is because, and and her story, because I feel like many of us find ourselves in those kind of circumstances. And it can be like, you know, it can be something like starting a business where other people look at that and go, you got problems with that? No, there's problems with that. There's problems on that level, but then you have the people that are struggling like Rachel was at 17, 18 with two kids, single mom kind of deal. You're like, okay, that's the struggle. Starting a business is not, but there's struggle all throughout, right? Everybody has struggle that they face. Everyone has this loneliness that they face. Everyone has this hopelessness that they have to confront no matter where they are in their story, no matter where they are in their journey. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you need hope. Maybe the hope that you need doesn't look like the hope that somebody else's need, that somebody else needs, but you need hope. And so I want to challenge and encourage and implore you to seek Jesus. If you're in here this morning and you need hope, seek Jesus. You know, if you need hope at your work situation, where you just think things are at a dead end, you think things are seemingly hopeless, I would challenge you to seek Jesus about that. If you're, if you're in a family situation where th- things are splintered, things are awkward, things are weird, things are terrible, uh, things are broken, and it's seemingly hopeless, I would challenge you to seek Jesus about your family in regards to your family. If it's your finances and you're at the bottom of the barrel, you think this is incredibly hopeless, I got nothing, I got nowhere, this is not gonna happen, I would challenge you and implore you to seek Jesus. If it's relationships in your life that are potentially toxic or they're just lacking, you don't have any relationships necessarily or they're negative and they're a negative influence on you and it's seemingly a hopeless situation, I would challenge and encourage you to seek Jesus. If it's life itself, if you're at the end of the rope, if you find yourself in circumstances that are seemingly overwhelming, you find yourself in circumstances that are just like, there are no words. There just are no words. And it seems hopeless. It seems like it can't get better and it seems like it can't move forward. I would challenge and implore you to seek Jesus. Maybe you're in here this morning, and you need to sort of reflect on God's past faithfulness to motivate you moving forward. Maybe you're in the midst of that and saying, where where am I going to get hope from? There ain't no hope in this situation. This is just terrible all the way around. Well, I would challenge you to shift your perspective a little and reflect on God's past faithfulness where you have seen him work in your heart and in your life and in your situation. You have seen him show up and deliver, and use that as motivation for hope for the future. How has God delivered you in the past? How has God showed up in your story? How has God orchestrated your story? And then harness and level what God has done to motivate and inspire what God will do for you. You know, the Nativity at Advent and Christmas time, the Nativity. Jesus brought hope through relationship. Jesus brought hope through a renewed relationship with God. And in the future, Jesus brings hope for full glorification, for full a salvation, for shalom, for wholeness, for completeness, to reconcile humanity to himself, to reconcile relationships to himself, to reconcile all things to himself. So this morning, I want to challenge you, God's past faithfulness, allow it to motivate our hope for the future. I mean, Rachel's story, she allows that not to crush her, but to build her and to motivate her to trusting him even further. Rachel's in plans and preparations, and she's been talking about opening another center and expanding, because she's knocking it out of the park here. And that's scary too, but you know what? She uses God's faithfulness to motivate where she's going her hope for the future. And I just think that's so awesome to see her where she is now and where she came from. And so if we if you find yourself looking more like where she came from than where she is now, know that God is faithful. Know that God is with you. Let's pray together. God